It's time for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. Wednesday afternoon, halfway through the work week, and loaded show as always. Say that a lot, but we always have that this time of the year. It's the busiest time of the year, and we love it for that reason. Rachel Zerby of ABC Marquette, our guest today. Of course, it's Wednesday. Rachel's here. That's how you know it. Uh, Again, a lot to talk about. There's always something at this time of the year which is good for us in the sports media industry. (laughs) It got started early today with the Giants fire sale continuing, and it happened late last night with Blake Griffin's 50-point night uh, was enough to beat Philadelphia. You're starting to roll your eyes a little bit. You know where that's going. Uh, (laughs) A one-point loss for Philadelphia, your beloved Sixers. Uh, Good night for Joel Embiid, though. He was fun to watch. Yeah, he's always fun to watch, but, I mean... I don't even know what to say. Does Robert Covington know, like, Mm -hmm. his basketball IQ just isn't there? I don't care. Okay, first of all, it wasn't even a foul. Mm -hmm. If anything, like, Blake pushed off. But the fact that Rocco was even there contesting the shot is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't contest a shot. Just let him have the layup for the the tie. There's a lot of players who aren't going to stop Blake Griffin. And Robert Covington is not high on my list of guys who would probably do that. But, I mean, kudos to Blake Griffin, the Pistons. Mm -hmm. That's why they got him. I mean, granted, he's not going to drop 50 points every game. No, but... but... Good for Detroit, I guess. Well, another chance tonight. You take on Milwaukee, so you have another chance to break the hearts of the locals here, the ones probably tuning in. No, no, it depends. I mean, if Ben Simmons isn't playing, Mm -hmm. then it's Milwaukee's game. Milwaukee's a fun team to watch this season and they're getting more from the role players this season more than I thought they would it used to be Giannis it seemed like on an island coach Bud is starting to do things to bring out the best in everybody around him you look at guys like uh, Pat Connaughton and Chris Humphreys and you're getting a lot out of those guys and the role players are all stepping up and playing a crucial role and I know you don't like to hear that because of the matchup tonight but this is a fun Bucks team to watch and we have two of the heavyweights in the Eastern Conference going at each other just about five hours to the south of us. Yeah I mean Giannis is always fun to watch and he makes everyone else more fun to watch around him but Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're only like four games into the season, mm-hmm. so <laughs> everything's always fun to start. But well, that's why we're not panicking yeah. on the Lakers yet, on the Celtics yet. I mean, the Lakers. Yeah, I'll panic on them because mm-hmm. this is expected. I mean, it. it I don't want to say it's like a reality check, but like the people out there who think that LeBron can make the Lakers team relevant, honestly, I just don't. I don't understand their logic, and like I would like to hear their mm-hmm. logic behind it because it's just not. Those, his supporting cast is not good. You have Rondo getting in fights, like, the second game of the season. Like, that's why you went there, LeBron. And then denied And you're going to defend Chris Paul, too, mm-hmm. not even your teammate. Like, I mean, it's just it's a mess. I think it's funny. LeVar Ball loves seeing it, too. He thinks it's funny because he's probably out there saying, we're back in the starting five with, Chris, uh, with Rondo getting suspended because of the whole Chris Paul issue. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. So where do the Lakers finish in the Western Conference? Do they make the playoffs as a low seed? Yeah, seven or eight seed. That's what I'm thinking. I don't see them anywhere else. No way they finish higher than a five. Best case scenario. A lot has to go right for that to happen. I mean, they're they're 0-3, but you look at who they've played. They've played Portland, Houston, San Antonio. None of those are bad losses. If they lose to Phoenix and they go 0-4, then they're really hitting the panic button. (laughs) We'll hit the panic button four games into the season. No, I mean, that's just like, I don't, 
I just don't understand. Like, LeBron's, yeah, he's good, obviously. He's the best player. But mm-hmm. he can't make those guys that much better. No. No. Like, you're in the Western Conference at the end of the day. So what about, and you bring up the conference issue, the conference difference between the West and the East, and that's a great point when you consider how valuable LeBron is to the Lakers as to was uh, he with Cleveland. Because you look at Cleveland, and let's face it, that team was a bunch of scrubs when he was there uh, toward the end of his time in Cleveland, and he brought them up to the Eastern Conference champs and NBA runner-ups. He doesn't look like he's going to do the same thing with the Lakers. How much does the conference that he's playing in factor into that? Or is it just the Lakers are that much worse than the sporting gas he had with Cleveland? No, I think it. the conference is the only – like, it's the only factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't compete in the West with, like, the, those kind of guys. Like, the East – it's not like the East is weak. It's just mm-hmm. you don't have the powerhouse of Curry and Durant and Westbrook and Paul George, like – the Lakers, they just have LeBron. So what about this? What about if the Laker team that we have to start 2018-2019 right now without LeBron played the Cleveland team LeBron took to the finals also without LeBron? Who would win that game? That would be a good matchup. I kind of want to see that, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of want to say the Cavs. Think so? Yeah. yeah. With Kevin Love. Yeah. He could okay. carry the team. Yeah. Tristan Thompson thinks yeah. he could do. I don't know if he could, but he thinks so. No. Who would guard J.R. Smith? Who do you think would be a good matchup for them on the Lakers side? No one. No one plays defense. <laughs> Isn't J.R. fun? Yeah, he oh, is. Oh, man. He's I, quite the character. He's, he's something else. <laughs> well, you said you don't want to hit the panic button four games into the season. As a Celtics fan, I'm a little concerned, though. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're off to a slow start this season. Every game they've been in has been close. They lose to Orlando the other night by three in Boston. I mean, that's kind of pathetic. How concerned should the Celtics be four games into the season? Not concerned at all. You don't think so? No. Okay. Why's no. that? I, it's four games into the season of like what an eighty-two game year. Mm-hmm. Like it's October. I just think it's everyone. As yeah, they have like preseason basketball, but. No one is. No one cares mm-hmm. about preseason. Like they're still trying to find their groove, find out what like what works, what doesn't. I mm-hmm. don't know. Like I just think there's no need to panic. I- I'm comforted to hear that until like All Star break, right? As it is with like every sport. As long as you get into the playoffs, then that's yeah. where the magic happens. I'm glad to hear you're not concerned about Boston start because I am, and I, I don't. I just want to have a little hope going into the. Going to the back end. I just think, how like, what are you concerned about? They're two and two. They should so, be running away with the East. It's four. It's like four games in though. I'm still worried. Don't live in the moment. I'm still worried. I wish I knew how to do that like you do. <laughs> I don't know. How about uh, Joel Embiid? Last night he uh, he got Drummond ejected. Some people say it was a flop. You probably wouldn't agree. I mean, it was a flop, but the refs, like, that has nothing on Embiid. Like, it's mm. hilarious. You, you have to expect that from Joel, especially mm. with Andre. Like, It's a basketball play. Yeah. The refs are the ones who ejected him. Like, mm. wasn't, I don't know. Well, then Embiid says afterwards that he owns a lot of real estate in Drummond's head. I mean, it's hard to argue. Yeah, I mean, he clearly does. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hilarious. Embiid owns real estate in every big man's head in the league. And it's amazing. <laughs> he does, doesn't it's he? It's so funny how like he gets in everyone's head, and mm-hmm. Embiid does not care at all. Does anybody get in Joel's head? I don't think so. I really I, don't think so. I haven't seen it. Mm. Mm, yeah, he hasn't shown anything. 
for whatever reason, he just does a good job at pressing the right buttons and getting guys to, I don't know, get frustrated. He's just a you. troll, and that's a, like that's why it's so fun to watch him because it's mm-hmm. hilarious to see like all these guys just get so angry and, and I don't know Andre Drummond. I like that him and Hassan Whiteside too when they go out go at it is funny. They are your two least favorite players. It seems from what I'm getting the feel of. Uh, and you're you're somebody who likes everybody in the NBA. You said <laughs> earlier, in the, uh, I think last week when you were on. Yeah, I, don't know, I just think they're kind of overrated. That's okay. That's all right. That's that's why we have this yeah. show. It's for opinions. <laughs> uh, how about the World Series last night? I, I know you were watching basketball, but a big win for Boston. Although starting pitching was supposed to be the story, and they end up combining for twelve runs. Neither of those two starting pitchers, two of the best in baseball, can finish the fifth inning. I mean, we're starting to see the adage where good pitching beats good hitting. This postseason, if it's teaching us anything, is that that adage is wrong. I mean, good hitting has been mm-hmm. has been the storyline this this offseason or this postseason and into this World Series. Yeah, um, I didn't watch any of the game, but the last thing I need to see is Boston win another championship. <laughs> I honestly don't even know if I'll watch much of the World Series, to be honest with you. Well, I was watching hockey last night. Yeah. I don't know. The Red Sox and Dodgers, I just feel like it's like, whatever. Two teams that are just always kind of there in a way. Yep, they are. But Milwaukee would have been in it. That would have been a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. Then I would have paid more attention. Mm -hmm. But But no, there's a lot of people who agree with you that Boston, the last thing they need is another sports championship. They've been kind of spoiled with them over there. Uh, but the Red Sox are now three games away from doing so. Big one tonight, David Price coming off the biggest win of his postseason career to clinch the ALCS over Houston. He goes tonight to try to give his team a 2 nothing series lead. The Dodgers, their offense has been good enough, but the pitching hasn't been. And you can make the same case for Boston as far as the pitching, but the offense has been the real deal. And Eduardo Nunez, I remember when he was a twin, and I loved it. <laughs> He ends up clearing the green monster last night, and he was uh, the one that really put it out of reach. So it's compelling stuff in the World Series. Not enough for either you or I to watch it. You're going to be watching basketball yeah, tonight. Say, especially with basketball on. Basketball trumps everything. Sorry. If there was hockey again tonight, I would be watching that, yeah. but I was too busy watching Penguins on ESPN Plus last night. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what the World Series has in store. You know, if it's a good game, if it goes 7 I might watch it. Yeah. I said this yesterday. I could see this game going seven, but only if the Dodgers need it to. I don't think Boston needs it to go seven. I could very easily see them winning it in five because right now they look like the most complete team. Mm-hmm. Their offense hadn't been there, but their pitching was throughout the most uh, most of the season. And then last series, they looked total. They looked complete over Houston. They do it in five games over who I thought was the most complete team mm-hmm. in baseball. I wouldn't be surprised to see Boston do this in as little as five. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it'll go to game seven or seven games. Mm-hmm. I just don't – the Dodgers, they just don't seem like I – don't, I, don't, I don't even know what it is about them. I just think because the Brewers took them to seven, mm-hmm. I just feel like Boston is ten times better mm-hmm. that the Dodgers are just going to – I would like to see them get swept. But. Well, and a lot of people <laughs> in this part of the country – share that same thought, especially after the whole Manny Machado incident where he cleats Jesus Aguilar at first base. 
I don't, I don't either anymore. <laughs> I used to like Machado a lot, and I lost a lot of respect for him after seeing that. And, you know, he's a talented ball player. I respect what he does professionally and everything, but you just don't have something mm-hmm. like that in baseball. You know, there's just no place yeah, for it. Yeah, exactly. Especially for a high-level player like that. And that's what drives me crazy about a guy like Vontaze Perfect uh, from Cincinnati. I mean, the NFL can do whatever, you know, they want to him, but he's not going to get it until mm-hmm. there's finally suspension. Or Tom Wilson from uh, – from Washington, the Capitals. I mean, they just don't get it until there's a suspension or something. Mm-hmm. It's funny how there's a dirty player in every sport. There kind of is. There's always that one there? that sticks out. Yeah. Let's see. Who would that be for the NBA? I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain over who's that guy that sticks out from the NBA who keeps getting suspended. Brandon Ingram tried his darndest to become that guy the other night. We'll think about that during yeah. the break. We've got more coming up <laughs> in the sports pen. This is ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only to Jibboy Casino in Berga and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Rachel Zerbe of ABC Marquette. Uh, we've touched on a few things here early on. The NBA to the World Series. Uh, how about over the weekend? The University of Michigan, Michigan State football game, and a lot of fallout coming from it. You have Jim Harbaugh and Mark D'Antonio taking shots at each other in the media over some chippiness that went on. Uh, during the pregame and then some comments afterwards. I know it's a rivalry, and this is the first time I've got to experience uh, the UM-MSU rivalry as a resident of Michigan, and it's very chippy. It's not celebrated like a national holiday like the Iowa State rivalry that is uh, back in Iowa, but it's definitely chippier. And you saw Devin Bush tearing up the Spartan logo at Uh, the center of the field, and then both sides are saying, you know, their own story about the Spartan walk and everything. I mean, you see these coaches going after each other in the media. They wanted a rivalry, and they've got one, maybe a little more heated than a lot of people were hoping for. What I don't know. What do you think about everything that's transpired here lately? Well, it was my first UM-MSU rivalry, too. I didn't know it was this heated, Mm -hmm. but it's a rivalry. I think it's cool. It is like cool. it's it a rivalry. That's like it. what a rivalry is. Mm-hmm. Do I think stopping on the Sparn at midfield is very, very childish? Yeah. Like, what does that accomplish? Mm-hmm. Nothing. But it's I don't know. You kind of like like to see it in a way. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches taking jabs at one another is also a little childish. But I mean, everyone has their own story. Mm-hmm. No one knows the truth really well this is what it's like for sparty i can't wait until the buckeye game u of m and then ohio state i mean that's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. that's gonna be a lot of fun to see what urban and harbaugh decide to do at each other i'm sure the fans are gonna have the fans up here anyway are gonna have plenty to say about urban you know the the whole uh scandal and this would be the first rivalry game since then uh, how about you look at the NFL? New York Giants are selling out after their Monday night football loss. Eli Apple gone yesterday. He goes to New Orleans for a fourth and a seventh round pick. And he hadn't been playing well this season, but he's got everything you want in a corner. The Giants just hadn't been able to get anything out of him. Kind of surprises me how low they went as far as the return. You know, two 
late draft picks in the upcoming two drafts for a guy that went first round out of Ohio State, was a great corner for the national championship team. And then earlier this morning, the Lions are in win-now mode as they pick up Damon Harrison, who has played very well this season, and the Giants deal him for just a fifth-round draft pick. So there's a fire sale in New York. They are in complete rebuild mode. First and foremost, though, how about the Lions? They're in win-now mode. They sense the North is still up for grabs, and they're going after it. It's so weird because I still think of the Lions as you got embarrassed by the Jets mm-hmm. on like your first game of the season. Mm-hmm. So I still have a tough time trying like to, I guess you could say, buy into the Lions. I mean, yeah, they're in win-now mode, but they still don't impress me. No. Like, they don't make me nervous. Mm. Like, so the Eagles were going to play the Lions. You wouldn't, you wouldn't feel scared. You'd feel pretty confident to uh, double down on Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like in the NFC North, the only team, like I obviously would be more, I don't know, between the Packers or Bears who. You're not high in the Vikings. Oh, well, yeah. The Vikings are my team. Oh, okay. All right. I'm saying like, I feel like our greatest competition is probably the Packers just because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm still trying to figure that out. How you're from Philadelphia and became a my Vikings dad. fan. My dad. Well, yeah. Me. He's but, a Vikings fan. I don't well, know. my dad's a Vikings fan too, but I <laughs> I switched I to the New York I've, Giants a long time ago. I was the Giants? You're all over the place. I don't understand your logic. I am. Aren't, well, Iowa doesn't for. have any pro teams. Yeah, but you're in the Midwest. There's plenty of Midwest teams. Okay, well, <laughs> well the only local team for Iowa would be the Twins that I'm a fan of. And I've gone to their game since I was a kid, so I grew up with them. Boston, I love, you know, I, I'm someone who loves tradition. And teams with a lot of tradition, I love that. So the a Celtics. Bandwagoner. I'm not a bandwagoner. Okay. I wouldn't consider <laughs> myself one. I could have abandoned ship with the Giants here the last couple of years, but uh, I liked Eli Manning growing up. He was my favorite player. Uh, the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird has been my favorite player, and you know he was a Celtic. Uh, when I was a kid, the Mario Lemieux action figure I had, that was my favorite. He was a penguin, so I picked the penguins. And now Sidney Crosby's kind of picked up for him. So that's kind of where I've gone off. Yeah. And the Notre Dame, I just like the leprechaun. I guess that kind of makes sense because I'm used to, I mean, I grew up in an area where I'm like two hours from New York, mm-hmm. an hour and a half from Philadelphia. Like I have all those major cities, whereas I guess like in Iowa, you don't have that team like mm-hmm. that represents your state so i guess you have more leeway to kind of pick and choose who you want to cheer for whereas like where i'm from like you are born and you are like an eagles fan or a phillies fan like flyers fan sixers fan you know you're we don't have like it, if you right? like pick and choose like mm-hmm. if you're from philadelphia and you're a boston or new york fan like you're clear you're a bandwagoner mm-hmm. you know but i guess if you're from iowa and you're like a giants fan i guess you can't really be a bandwagoner you know if you want to go to a pro sports game in Iowa, depending what part of the state you're in, your closest bet is either Minneapolis, Chicago, or Kansas City. And that's generally where a lot of the fans are okay. from. Um, where I was, though, northwestern Iowa, about an hour from the South Dakota border, an hour and a half from Minnesota, there were a lot of Broncos fans up there for whatever reason. Okay. I don't know why, but but there were. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> getting back to uh, the fire sale that's going on with the Giants, uh, they're sold out, and I wonder who's next because they're not done making moves by any means. I don't see Eli Manning playing for another team. I feel like he'll retire before he ever uh, puts on a different uniform. 
I feel bad for him. Not only, you know, I, from, I'm biased, but I feel bad for him for what he's done for the franchise and how they've turned on him here in the last year. I mean, he's going to get them probably the first round a high pick in next mm-hmm. year's draft. I mean, this has to be his last year, right? It has to. He's, he's just pathetic. Well... I mean, he is. Well, he struggled this year. They are embarrassing, right? But how much of that is his fault? All of it. You think so? He can't do anything. Well, the offensive line doesn't help. Well, yeah, but when he's missing, like, you have Odell. Like, you, I just don't understand. He's not consistent, but he's not missing Odell every play. I mean, the, the way his offensive line is right now, he's forced to be perfect every single play. And he's not, you know, he's not by any means. Like, if your offensive line isn't good, like, Eli, like, he's immobile back there. Mm-hmm. The dude just, just stands there. He, he does. Like, if mm-hmm. you have a bad offensive line, you should probably, like, turn the Jets on here or there. He doesn't like, have any, though. Exactly. So he just needs to throw in the towel because he's just, like, I mean, yeah, was Eli one of the best quarterbacks? Yeah, but now it's just, like, he's horrible. Now is the time probably to call it quits. You know? yeah. it, it, I, I hope he finishes out this season. He can do so as the starter. I think he deserves that. You know, the Giants aren't they're, – they're done with this season. They're throwing in the towel anyway. I mean, yeah, they're literally playing for, like, the first round. Right. <laughs> I mean, let him finish out the season, be the starter, let him go in retirement with grace. That's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point. It's just, mm-hmm. kind, of a, just kind of a merciful ending uh, for everything. Because I, I think he deserves that with everything he's done for the franchise. I just feel bad this is what it's come to. It's painful to watch. Mm-hmm. It is painful to watch, you know. And I, I don't know. It's just tough to see a career like that come to an end when – I think he's still got quality football that he, I think he still could play at another level if he was protected. That offensive line is horrible. It, it really is. I still think he could be a quality quarterback if he's protected the right way. A qual, uh, maybe. Would he, he'd probably still be better than some of the starting quarterbacks. He can still league, throw but... the football. And if he had time to let Odell get downfield and get open, I mean, he could be a dangerous quarterback. He can still throw the football up But, there like, wouldn't him. anyone be good if they're protected? Well, you can make the argument with Dak Prescott a couple of years ago. I had, I would, it was the topic of the show uh, yesterday. Dak Prescott a couple of years ago behind a great offensive line. Now it's deteriorated. And now the Cowboys think that the end-all, be-all solution is adding Amari Cooper. I don't think that's the case. What do you think of that? For trade? a first-round pick, too? Wasn't that a terrible trade on Dallas's part? What? <laughs> What? Yeah, that was pathetic. Whatever. I mean, Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys, I don't really... I, I've never understood that franchise. Somebody needs to honest. go from that franchise. I don't know if it's Jerry. He'll never go, though. No, or really. Jason Garrett. He'll be the first one to go. But if Jerry hasn't made the move now, I don't know when he's gonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, but something needs to change. Because what is Dallas playing for this season? They have nine games left. They need to win five of them just to finish eight and eight. Do they think Amari Cooper can win them seven <laughs> yeah, of their last is nine? Is he the solution? I mean, what are they playing for? this? And they say the division's wide open this season. What about next year? Uh-huh. I mean, realistically, you're not going to get above eight and eight unless you go at least six and three. What are you playing for this year? Because who knows how wide open the division will be or won't be next season. I will. I think the NFC, they're in the NFC East. They are? Yeah. I, that division is horrible. It is horrible. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. They are, it's the they, truth. <laughs> no, so they do have the division is wide open, mm-hmm. but Amari Cooper is not your solution. No, for a first round pick. 
the offensive line is a solution to the Cowboys. They've shown, I don't think Dak Prescott's an elite NFL quarterback, no. and they've shown that they can win 13 games with an average quarterback like Dak truly is if they have a quality offensive line like they did two years ago. When you take that offensive line away, Dak plays like a mid-rounder for Mississippi State. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But he talked about the NFC East and how much it struggled. How about this for uh, stat of the day? The Giants have won four of their last 24 regular season games, but two of those four wins have come against the same team, the Washington Redskins, who they play this weekend. So what you're saying is the Giants are going to win this weekend? They might. They might. They've had success against the Redskins. They're 2-1 and one against Washington in their last 24, 2-19 and 19 against everybody else, and they played the division-leading Redskins this weekend. That's pathetic. That is kind of that's kind of sad, isn't it? But I don't know. I don't know who the next is to go with the Giants. Uh, there's still plenty of moves to be made. They're they're just doing a fire sale and they're trying to change the culture of that that locker room. I kind of see them in the same boat as the Oakland Raiders. The locker rooms are pretty uh, pretty volatile, both of them right now. So the toughest challenge for those front offices, those coaching staffs, is trying to keep them calm through this rebuild because this year is going to be terrible for both of them. But if they play it right, they should be in prime position to rebuild. I think Oakland's in better position than New York is right now, but I think they both should be set to rebuild. John Gruden, I think, is doing a masterful job, and I know the Raiders are an impatient fan base, and really there is none it, outside of 76ers fans. I give you guys a ton of credit with that whole process you've been <laughs> Thank trusting. Thank you. That's why, that's why we get, like, so angry mm-hmm. because we've waited so long for this. But anyway, continue. But Oakland, they are primed to be an AFC power by the time they move to Las Vegas because they've got five first-round picks coming up in the next two seasons. Oakland fans want him out of there, but Gruden is doing a masterful job right now. It's just going to be about surviving this season. That's kind of like you, like, in a situation like that, you can't be living in the moment. You have to think of what's to come and just get excited about that, where you think, like, oh, every loss is just, like, a it'll, – it'll benefit, you know, instead of just, like, beating down on yourself. I don't know. Rachel Zerby of ABC Marquette, <laughs> our guest for today. We'll have more coming up after the sports pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibwa Casino in Barriga and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Rachel Zerby of ABC Marquette. We had hockey on last night. I know you're watching basketball, but I'm going to spiel about this for a little bit. Uh, Penguins were taking on Edmonton, north of the border. They go to overtime, 6-5 win for Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby finally gets into the back of the net this season, at least his shot does. And he scores two, including the winner in overtime. Saw him against Connor McDavid. McDavid, a lot of people think, is the best player in the NHL this season. Even Crosby said that. McDavid, 21 years old, younger than both you and I, is the best player in the NHL this season. And <laughs> Casey couldn't see. I rolled my eyes very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that – I started seeing that a few years ago is where I see athletes that are younger than me out there doing incredible things. I'm like, 
what am I doing? Yeah, it's like, come on, mom and dad, why weren't you athletic? <laughs> you know, I'm heating up like a hot pocket, uh-huh. watching them, watching them, Seriously. you know, dazzle in front of the world. But now, a lot of people think McDavid's the best player in the world, and he he deserves a ton of credit. He is definitely one of the best players in the world. And last night, we got to see him and Crosby on the same ice. A lot of people that uh, think they're the top two in the NHL. They get a battle three-on-three sudden death overtime, not much better. Crosby, I think, proved to a lot of people he's still on the throne as far as the best player in the NHL. I just don't see how people can think otherwise. I'm biased. I'm wearing my Crosby jersey in (laughs) studio today, so I'm biased. But if you see if you saw the overtime goal last night, did you get a chance to see the replay? No, I didn't. Not gonna lie, I saw that I could have watched it, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna scroll by this. Yeah, that's fine. A lot <laughs> but of people I heard it get was that. really nice. I just don't see how people can deny that Crosby is the best in the game. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Ovechkin has been getting votes from some people, and I don't know how many of those are Caps fans or are biased or what have you. I just don't think there's a better player in the game. And I know NHL uh, 19, the video game, had McDavid as the top-rated player, Crosby second, Ovi third. I don't know. I just don't think. I just don't see how people can deny Crosby and everything he's done. What about you? Do you have a, a thought on? I would who like is the to best? say my opinion, but I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't watch enough hockey to. Well, that's say okay. Anything. You can have an opinion. A lot of people who have opinions don't watch enough <laughs> hockey to know anything. But I mean, uh, as long as it's not it a would, flyer. it would be between Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby. Okay. but that's all right. I like that. I was worried it was going to be a flyer. You were going to no. say like Claude Giroux or somebody. He's up. He's there. a great guy. He is a great guy, and he's no. up there. He's just not, you know, on those two's level. Uh, Twitter poll we did last night wanted to find out who's the best American-born and uh, play in the NHL right now. You know, it's been weighing on my mind who the top player is among players born in America in the NHL. So the options that we gave the fans were Patrick Kane, Johnny Gaudreau, or Austin Matthews. Then we threw other in there as well. Uh, Right now, you can still vote, and the poll goes on until tonight. Patrick Kane has a little over half the vote, and he's far and away leading the thing. Austin Matthews in second place. Other is beating Johnny Gaudreau right now. I kind of feel bad for Johnny (laughs) because... He's that good of a player. Uh, Sydney and the Penguins, they play him tomorrow night up in Calgary. Uh, but, yeah, Other is beating Goodrow right now. I kind of wonder who Other entails, who that would be. But I don't know. If you haven't voted yet, Rachel, you should probably vote. Uh, anyone else who's out there listening, uh, vote as well. Uh, Patrick Kane looks like right now leading the way. And I don't know. I didn't vote. I feel like it'd be wrong of me to vote. Yeah. I can see Patrick Kane, though. I can definitely see why people would want to support him give him the benefit of the doubt yeah i'm not gonna comment on patrick kane not a patrick why aren't you gonna comment on patrick kane? i've heard a lot of things about him he not might be good, good on things. the ice but i've not heard oh his he his the off the ice yes. issues yes yeah yeah and you know there's plenty of athletes that have those yeah, and everything but i've but. never like when i i interned in chicago mm-hmm. and i have never heard like Chicago fans talk so badly about him though you know like mm-hmm. when you have a good like star on your team and they're off court issues like mm-hmm. people tend to like back them up but right not in Chicago they were like we want him out of here mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 and I was like oh it was news to me because I didn't know he was like he was so well and I give the <laughs> Chicago fans credit in that situation because again a lot of fans like you said aren't going to do that but Chicago fans care more about players yeah. a person 
rather than the other way around. So as talented as Kane is, yeah, he's got his off-the-ice issues, what have you. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, you know, someone's career has to be marred by stuff like that. I uh, should mention this, going over to high school sports because the football playoffs start this weekend in the great state of Michigan. All conference teams came out in the Westpac yesterday. Uh, plenty of Westwood, Nagani, Ishpeming, uh, all of our local teams. Gwynn had a few guys on there as well. Uh, we saw the rosters for both the Copper and the Iron Division all conference teams. Uh, any first impressions that you saw from those? Not surprised. <laughs> no, I mean Jeff Olson. I mean, yeah, is it, it makes coach sense. The, the two nine and zero teams are coaches of the year. Gavin mm-hmm. Sundberg offensive. I mean. Westwood Calumet swept all the categories. Yes, they so. did. And they get to meet each other in the postseason yeah, this that's Friday. that's going to be a good one. How excited are you for that? I'm, you, I'm assuming that's a long trip. You're probably not going to try and make that one. <laughs> well, I personally be won't be there. I'm still trying to figure out who I can send because it's an hour and a half mm-hmm. away. And So you'll be tuned in to ESPN-UP or the ESPN-UP app. Yeah. Yes, yes, that was the yes. right answer. <laughs> I will be doing that. I will be tuning in at the Ishpeming Gwen game. Perfect. Well, I'm excited for that one, too, <laughs> because too. that's going to be a lot better than the 44-8 to matchup I in late so. September. I mean, Gwen's healthy mm-hmm. now. It's going to be a battle. It's, it's never easy when those two go up against mm-hmm. each other. You have Jeff Olsen. It's basically the UP's Belichick. All his former assistants want to knock him off at some point. Deion Brown falls into that category. It's going to be a fun game over there. And a healthy Gwen, I don't know. I think they'll put up a fight, but I just, I don't know, Ishpeming, they're just that much better. Uh, And Gwen is a talented team, make no Mm -hmm. mistake. They're good enough to advance beyond the first round of the postseason. Just how do you go against Ishpeming? There's no soft spot on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you, Like you take down one person, the next person just Mm -hmm. steps out. I mean, what reason have they given us to think that they aren't going to make it down to Detroit? They're they really, really haven't. No. I mean, this is as good of a team as Jeff Olson's uh-huh. put out in recent memory. Uh, then you look at Westwood. Team, obviously, they were 2-2 two and two at one point. They've only played seven games this year, but they haven't allowed a point since September 14th. That was about a month and a half ago. They are doing everything right on both sides of the ball right now. They are running downhill. It's a simple, non-complex offense, and nobody can stop it. And defensively, they're keeping teams out of the end zone. Calumet, this is their closest game. Westwood was their closest game. When they met all the way back in week three, two-point game, they've won everything else by 22. Uh, Star running back, the Ohala kid, he was offensive player of the year in the Westpac. He had 13 yards rushing against Westwood in week three. 200 against everybody else, so he wins offensive player of the year. But this could be a game that I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way, and I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way and wasn't close. I think Westwood's going to win. Think so? From the start, the first time I watched them play, even though I think it was in their 2-2, like their little rough patch, mm-hmm. so to say, I was like, this team, they're going to get it together and they're mm-hmm. going to be dangerous. And they got it together. And I think they are I, they're, I think they're one of the most dangerous teams. How likely is it that Westwood is able to come out of that district. Should they have to go downstate and play Traverse City, St. Francis? I'd like to see that game. I think it'd be a really good one. How likely is it that Westwood can advance to the regionals? I think it's doable. Mm -hmm. They just kind of have to play a perfect game. It's a tough district. I mean, you have three legit teams that could all very well compete into the regionals. It's just unfortunate they're all in the same district. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. 
It's it's just so hard to tell once the teams go downstate. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it seems like a different kind of football down yeah. there almost. I mean, they pass a little bit more than we do up here. Uh, should mention the old conference teams and some of the individual honors for it. And a couple of our area guys, and this is Copper Division where the uh, press was released to us. Uh, first team offense, Jacob Adriano was on there from Westwood. Blake Hewitt, Ashton Bergman, Nathan Beckman, and Sam Gillis uh, were unanimous selections. And then I will mention four Nagani guys, Peyton Anderson, Leo Helpy, Drew Deshane, Braden Velmer. Uh, first team defense, Eric Anderson, Nathan Beckman, Sam Gillis, Ashton Bergman, Hayden Mann were all three unanimous. Uh, Braden Velmer, Jason Waterman, Alex Zampezin, then Audible Mansion defense, uh, Garrett Mann, Alex Munson, Chad Pullman. First team kicker was Eric Salmonen, and the defensive player of the year, as well as lineman of the year, Sam Gillis. So pretty good football up here in Marquette <laughs> County. I mean, that's that's a pretty good list when you look at it. How about the, uh, the Iron Division? You know, we, we look over there and... Of course, Jeff Olson, Coach of the Year, uh, Sunberg, player, uh, Offensive Player of the Year over uh, uh, in the other division. Ishpeming and Gwynn pretty much ran the table in that conference, uh, at least in that division. As expected. As expected, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I just, this Gwynn team intrigues me a lot because I feel like we're never going to get to see how good they could have been this season. They dealt with some injuries. I don't know. I, I this is a team that very easily could have been seven and two, maybe even eight and one. I just wish we could have seen them at full strength all season. But as Dion, I'm sure, would be the first to tell you, injuries are a part of football. Just got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so like you mentioned, it's just so hard to tell what kind of Gwyn team we're going to get on Friday. So if you look around, uh, you know, some of the postseason matchups up here. Uh, any others in the UP that stand out to you or any uh, any ABC Marquette might uh, be thinking about keeping an eye on, whether it be Escanaba, maybe a few of the eight-player games, anything else besides the two aforementioned matchups, any that stand out to you? Um, not necessarily that stands out, but I'm interested to see what Escanaba can do. I am too. Craig yeah. Kameen can really throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, every week I get a highlight, and it's, like, a 75-yard touchdown pass. And I'm like, you just don't really see that mm-hmm. in the UP a lot. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I don't know. I feel like they could do some damage. I don't really know much about Ludington, mm-hmm. who they're playing, but. Does Escanaba need to use uh, the passing game more, take advantage of that? Because I would argue they're not even the the uh, most pass-heavy team in that conference. I think Marquette oh, probably yeah, was. Oh, yeah, Marquette. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. I mean, if you can throw the ball. If you can throw it, and they can't stop <laughs> throw it, it, yeah. go ahead and try it. We've got Rachel Zerby in studio with us. We'll take our last time out. We'll finish off the sports pen after this on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at the Jibboy Casino in Berga and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Rachel Zerby of ABC Marquette. Let's talk about Northern and what they've had going on over the last week or so. Football, big win on Saturday. They take down Lawrence Tech. I know Tech is, uh, isn't the toughest competition in Division Two football, mm-hmm. but a 65-7 to win, a team that had been reeling. They'd been in so many games, and then the last couple of weeks, you wonder if the locker room started to 
feel, you know, the season's winding down and we're just not able to close out some of these close games. Maybe they've let up a little bit. It feels like that was exactly what the doctor ordered. Hopefully that was the shot they need going into basically the UP Super Bowl this weekend. Yeah, as the players mentioned yesterday, too, they were like, it's nice to go into this game on a win, even mm-hmm. though it was a very, very lopsided win, but a win is a win. So I, I think that's a good little confidence booster heading into tech. So. Give Jake a little rest. I mean, he's doing yeah. his thing. Uh, I don't know, rushing for what? Mm-hmm. Every week, over 100 yards, and he finally gets a little bit of a break. That guy needed it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Especially going into keep matching it, especially going into Tech, because they're going to need him. I'm excited to see what this rivalry is like. I've experienced Iowa State. Uh, I've experienced now Michigan, Michigan State from a distance. Uh, some great rivalries that I've been around. And now we get to see Northern and Michigan Tech at the Superior Dome on Saturday. I'm just really excited to see what this rivalry has in store and what it's all about, because the Hoopers get up for this. Yeah. I was going to say, you won't see anyone stomping on... <laughs> or walking into the line or whatever, mm-hmm. but because they had, it's very good sportsmanship, I will say mm-hmm. that between the two programs and the UP in general. But it's exciting; everyone always shows up to it. It gets loud, but I've never, I've never experienced the football side of it, and unfortunately, I won't be there on Saturday. But mm. if, if it's anything like hockey, it's gonna be nuts. What do you have going on Saturday? going to Iron Mountain, their playoff. That's right. Game. Okay, so you're yeah. you're always working is the thing. Yeah, and then I'll be back Saturday night for NMU Hockey. I'll so. see you there. <laughs> hockey, I'm very excited for I to experience too. that. Uh, Division One hockey back up here in the UP. First time I get to cover it, which I'm excited for. Uh, last week in a tough one, though, as they went to St. Cloud and lost to the fourth-ranked team in the country. Huskies <laughs> jump up to number two following Notre Dame this week in the rankings. You know, St. Cloud is a good enough team. They're going to compete to go to the Frozen Four this year. But Northern's a good team, too. And this has got to be a disappointing loss for Grant and the guys because they are good enough to be a tournament Mm -hmm. team this year. And a lot of people think that they can be. But to make a run in the tournament, these are the teams that you have to compete with. you got to be involved with. And they just didn't this weekend against St. Cloud. It's still early in the season. They still have plenty of time to turn it around. I still think that uh, this season could be everything they want it to be and more, oh, yeah, especially with conference play starting this weekend as they welcome Bemidji. Yeah, I think them playing St. Cloud State, it's like a blessing and a curse in a way mm-hmm. where it's like you get to play the top-notch guys. So you, like Grant was saying, you can use it as like a measuring stick to see like how much more we have to go. But then it can kind of like deflate you in a way and be like, we got our butts kicked by a top-notch team, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they're they're going to be fine. I'm I just excited for yeah. conference play. I mean, they can turn it all around there. They will. They'll be fine in the WCHA. And to their credit, they aren't loading up on cupcakes this year. Now, I know Michigan State is not a Big Ten power, but they're still a Big Ten team. Exactly. You know, and they go down and split with them. St. Cloud was number four over the weekend. They're number two now. They have a road trip to Notre Dame next month. They're ranked number one in this week's poll. So they are getting battle-tested. And once the end of the season rolls around, they're fighting to get into the NCAA tournament. Nobody can say their strength of schedule isn't deserving. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be good for them in the long run, you know. Maybe the record takes a beating, what have you. But 
you're still playing the best of the best. Exactly. You're only going to learn from those games. Exactly. No matter how bad you lose. And Northern still is good enough to be a tournament team, in my opinion. It's a slow start out of the gate for them this year. I, even, you know, despite the schedule that they've had, I think they know they can play better than they have. Everybody seems to know that. And I think just getting at home, having some time mm-hmm. to get in front of the, you know, the home crowd, be on their own ice, I think that's going to help a lot. Yeah, it'll help them just settle in, kind of like calm everything down because i feel like when you play a big 10 team then you play one of the best teams in the nation it can mm-hmm. rattle you a little so so they uh they get bemidji this weekend bemidji's not a bad test you know they're going to be about middle tier in the wcha is what i'm looking at for them this year the race is going to be between tech minnesota state and then northern that's the big three that i see maybe bowling green you could throw them in there they might be kind of a dark horse for the wcha I mean, we've had a look at a few of these teams now. Anybody that stands out to you from that conference that it could be the dark horse? It's always, it's tough. Because you, you have, like, your Northern, you have your Michigan Tech, you have mm-hmm. your Minnesota State. But then you have also, like, Bemidji. Mm-hmm. Could, I think they're more of a dark horse than Bowling Green. Because so? I think Bowling Green is kind of in the category with Northern Tech and Minnesota State, where it's, okay. like, the four teams who kind of expect them to be good mm-hmm. but Bemidji I don't know I think I think I think I'm gonna go with them as a dark horse <laughs> no I'm one a- really else no offense to those Alaska teams well but. yeah Alaska <laughs> Anchorage Huntsville Alabama Huntsville last year if there's any series that stood out to me it is that one those guys do not give up and mm-hmm. they are feisty how, how much fun is that concept that there is division one college hockey down in Alabama I heard they road trip everywhere, too. They probably do. I can't imagine who wants to go down to Alabama and play. Well, like, I want to buy them a flight. What? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You mean like, they take the yeah. bus everywhere. That's what I heard. Rumor has it. But I wonder what they do for Alaska. They, I they mean, have to fly. You would think they'd have, they wouldn't take the bus through Canada, would they? <laughs> I would be miserable. That would be a horrible bus. Ride. I wouldn't even want to imagine. Yeah. How I hope bad they have Wi Fi on that bus. You could binge Jeez. watch a series of Netflix. How many days would it take to get there? I, I mean, know. how much school would they miss? Yeah, like, do they have class on the bus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gonna, like, FaceTime your professor, the be a part of class? Unanswered questions of Division One athletes. <laughs> yeah, they come here at some point. I mean, yeah. it'd be fun Northern to get a hold of coach too. and ask them. Yeah, yeah Northern goes down there. How about Ferris State? They're another team I think could surprise some people. Certainly they're not what they were about six, seven years ago when they were in the Frozen Four, but they still have a tradition and a standard over there. Didn't they? I think they just beat Western Michigan. Might have happened, yeah. Or maybe that was Bowling Green last night. It was Bowling Green. It was Bowling Green, 4-1. Yep, nope. But but Ferris is a team that is capable of a big win. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament this year, but they can definitely be a spoiler for someone once the WCHA tournament rolls around. I think the WCHA is one of those things where it's so such a you never know what's going to happen in that conference, mm-hmm. and I feel like we say that about kind of every conference. But I don't know, even last year's playoffs, you never knew what was going to happen because every team is up there. Like there's not one team in the WCHA that is ten times better than everyone else. 
So that's what fun. makes it fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, college hockey is just a blessing. I mm-hmm. love college hockey. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad to be in an area and with a market with, uh, with good hockey up here. And there's going to be plenty of it going on this weekend. Bemidji, like you talked about, it'll be a good measuring stick for Northern this weekend. Good way to maybe bounce back, get back to 500, hopefully get a sweep. Uh, Notre Dame taking on Minnesota Duluth this weekend. Two games down in South Bend. A rematch of the national championship. Everybody's going to be keeping their eye on that, not just me or people <laughs> invested. And in, uh, I should have, you know, and I, I told people this. I was at the national championship game in St. Paul this year. My ticket was in the Duluth section. I was the only person wearing blue and gold there. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah, sure that went over well. It went over very well. And I <laughs> told people, you know, I'm here after doing some work with Notre Dame a couple of weeks earlier. And I'll be heading to Duluth next month to take over the Duluth Huskies role in the Northwoods League. So invested with both uh, both areas, kind of. And I'm excited for that series. But, yeah, like you, I'll be at Northern on Saturday night. Can't wait for that series. Same. I'm ready to get back in the Barry. <laughs> what is the Barry like for those of us who have never been to a hockey game? There, I've been inside of it and everything, but what's the atmosphere like? It's loud because mm-hmm. it's very. I think I kind of mentioned this. It's the. It's a smaller arena. It's very intimate. Yeah. But it's like big in its own way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's fun. The student section's hilarious. They have some funny signs, but the. I'm just gonna forewarn you. The horn when mm-hmm. they score scares me every single time. It's so loud, but it's fun. Can you do Just your so you know. best impression no, of that horn? No. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Absolutely not. Absolutely shot. not. You tried. A for effort. Yeah, no. last, last time I was covering hockey was a year ago in Sioux City and it went at the junior level, USHL. And the train that comes on when they score, that was a lot of fun. By the way, uh, Sioux City Musketeers, shout out to them. Ian Malcolmson, who's committed to come play here next year, scored his first USHL goal last night. So congratulations to him. That's a name Northern players and uh, Northern fans should get to know quite a bit. Expecting big things out of him. and Expecting big things out of Northern hockey coming up this season. We are out of time. Rachel, as always, thanks for being here. Looking forward to next week. You'll be on next on Halloween. Whoa, wait, it's Halloween next week already? Next week, one week wow. away. I'm not coming dressed up, so don't. I might be. I'm not. I might be. Why not? <laughs> I don't like about, Halloween. You don't like Halloween? No. What? I had Charlie Bramer in here yesterday. He doesn't like it either. I love Halloween. It was fun when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, even in college. It's even it more was, fun when you're in college and know, growing up. That was up. too much effort. You need, like, ten different Halloween costumes. Because every weekend in October, is there's something going on. I was like, I just can't. I'm not That's the fun part. No. Well, okay, well, we'll try to convince you. Maybe I'll bring in candy. Good, that's that's even better. We'll give you a pass. Rachel Zerby of ABC Marquette, our guest today. We are signing off until tomorrow. Enjoy the Will Kane Show here on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP mobile app.